Introducing Minor Wisdom Quintet. Sounds of my children in the background and maybe some Ryan's world. This is another episode of Minor Wisdom. This week I've got Ezekiel Morgan sat down with me as one of the directors for our summer camp that we wrapped up on Saturday. Six days, five shows, heck of a week. Uh, But it's always fun to do those summer camps because the kids are there for fun. They're there to work. They're there to learn. And they uh, are passionate about it. They're not there for a grade. So they're, you know, having a good old time. And the workshop teachers and the directors all have a good time too. Make sure you are subscribing on iTunes, Spotify, Google, uh, iHeartRadio, all that good stuff. Um, Tony's have wrapped up. Tony's were last week. Boy, do I have an opinion about the Tech Awards not being on TV. I am actually one of these people that thinks it's okay that it's not on TV. Technicians are used to being in the dark, in the corner. And it was on TV. They had little interludes, not their long speeches or anything like that, but there was some recognition. I would be fine if I won a Tony Award and got 30 seconds on television, but, uh, you know, that's that's just my opinion. That's not why I'm here, though. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, this week after the groaner joke is Mr. Ezekiel Morgan, clinician, adjudicator, director, actor extraordinaire. This week's Groner joke. Hey, did you hear about the kidnapping at school? It's okay. He woke up. Well, I would say that it started when I was... Let's put it... I'd say about seven years old. Probably early, earlier than that, mm-hmm. because I was always instrumental, if you will, doing things in church, always active. I was always, I guess, I was raised by my grandmother and my mother part-time, uh, not to dis, you know, credit my mother, but I was a grandma's bar because right. I got everything from her uh, and my grandfather. So I guess around, you know, seven years old, I grew up more mature early at an early age because of my grandmother and them, they were seasoned. So I started go- doing things on my own because if they couldn't do it, I would say, hey, could I do it? I would walk down the street and they trusted me to walk down the street. Different times. And different times. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> you know, walking down the street, I was walking to church. Sure. And walking to church all alone, they say, oh, well, he's good. He's going to church, so that's fine. I was doing things in the church far as... Uh, drama ministry, what they call it now, but it was like doing plays, doing pageants, doing like uh, skits, uh, being a public speaker uh, at that time. And during that moment, that's where I felt like, oh, I'm doing it. And then I was like, oh, well, it's okay. I don't want to do it so much. But then my mother and my grandmother said, well, you're in it now. So you have to continue it uh, because of the accolades. They say, oh, you're really good. You're really good. You have a great speaking voice. That's where it all started. Oh, you're very animated. That's where it all started. So I began to do it like that. And then from that point on, I guess I would say 
when I got into um, more into elementary school, I began to really do instrumental stuff with that, especially with um, one of my, um, I call her the late great Miss Scott. I forgot her first name, but Miss Scott. She was a very articulate lady and she had us to do the 50 states in rhythm and rhythm and dance. So <laughs> that was like that take and that was fifth grade where I'm like, oh wow, I like this. And also there was a teacher named Miss Austin who everyone flocked to because she was over the Mayfay. A lot of people probably don't remember the Mayfay, mm -hmm. but it depends on your age. Yeah, sure. uh, but the Mayfay, they had the Mayfay, and she was the director over the entire Mayfay. So everybody wanted to be in Miss Austin's productions. Right. So Miss Austin said, I want Ezekiel to be in my production. So I was like, oh, wow, this is great. And at that moment, I began to do not only the first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, I began to be part of all of them with Miss Austin because she wanted me to help out. She right. wanted me to help assist. And at that moment, I, was, I didn't think myself as a director. No, I did not because I wasn't even thinking theater. Right. You know, I wasn't even thinking theater. But then after that, I, um, after elementary, uh, so I give credit to Miss Scott and Miss um, Austin for really giving me that jump start sure. in my performance uh, arena, if you will. And then I, I went to, um, and that was Bastion Middle School in HISD, and then I went on to Addicts Middle School. Addicts Middle School, I thought maybe I wanted to be in the band, which I'm like, oh, drama, no, I don't want to do that, because they didn't have drama, right. you know, they didn't have drama. Yeah. So I'm like, hey, I want to be in the band, because I, my dream was always to become a percussionist. I wanted to play... Uh, the drums, um, and then I wasn't too skilled on the drum set, but I was skilled with the with the cymbals. I was skilled with the um, with the snare, and I was skilled with the bass drum, tenor, and the tris, okay. tritums. So I became a musician, playing drums. Wow! So you you had a lot of. Your talent was in your elbows, not in your wrists. Right. I guess, I guess. I guess you could put it. I guess you could put it. So I'm like, okay, I have to put these elbows to work now yeah. Yeah. because the wrists. I'm like, I can't. Yeah. I, you know, my coordination wasn't right. Uh, you know, only in dance. So I um, was very great in uh, the band, and I was great. I tried out for drum major, made drum major. I was excited about being the drum major, so I was really excited. So. I began to dance, I began to act, and that's when I began to perform. So by my eighth grade year, it was time to prepare myself for high school. And during this time, I was doing like various skits from sixth to eighth grade at Addicts Middle School, you know, like performances for different uh, Boys Day program, um, um, uh, Awards Day programs. I would do skits and various things like that, Christmas skits, Black History skits, or what have you. And then after that, the eighth grade, I'm like, okay, what, what do I want to do? Do I want to be in band? Because I was still drum major. I was having fun right. along with uh, one of the great um, head drum major. He was uh, Varian Howard, which his co he's called Seven now. So if you listen to Seven, right. he's an excellent poet. poet yeah. yeah, he's a yeah. poet. So yeah. uh, Varian is a great poet. Um, and he was like, this is what I want to do. And I will never forget Varian say, well, let's do this little skit. Uh, with, um, I think it was one of uh, Will Smith, uh, Once Upon a Time Not Long Ago. Okay. We acted that entire scene out <laughs> for a talent show, and we won first place, so it was really great. Uh, but uh, where I really felt that 
theater really became part of me, if you will, is when um, one of the teachers named Rose Raglan, um, I was, she said, I need you to audition for HSPVA. Mm -hmm. I'm like, audition for what? I'm like, that's not where I want to go. I want to be a musician. I want to do all this. She said, no. What was your, what was your uh, zone school? Uh, zone school was Worthing. Worthing, okay. Yakes, or Jones. Okay. I could have gone to either, either one of those. Sure. Uh, but I was really closer to Worthing. I'm like, mm, no, I don't want to because, you know, I felt that I was different in right. a sense. So she said, no, I want you to audition. Uh, so I tried out for all the uh, schools, you know, uh, HSHP, uh, um, High School for Criminal Justice, right. Barbara Jordan, for all of those schools. And I got in all of them. But I tried out for HSPVA, which was, I can say, the hardest. Right. And I was waiting. I was waiting. I got accepted to one. got accepted to the other. And it's different. It was different then than it is now. Yeah. Because you can get accepted to all of them. You can try out for all of them and then pick one. Right. Now you can't. But at that time, I was like, okay, which one do I want? I got the letter from HSPVA. Went to the audition. Did the audition. I'm like, good, 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 good. Got after that first round of audition, which is really the hardest auditions in America, it yeah. seemed like. Yeah. And then I went to the second round. I'm like, oh, okay, made to the second round. Then the third round, I'm like, oh, wow, now waiting. Got the letter. Um, and I will never forget, I'm, I'm uh, reversing back, and uh, Miss Raglan said, I want you to do Julius Caesar. I'm like, Julius Caesar, what the hell is Julius Caesar? You <laughs> what, know, did, me, what did he write? What did he write? <laughs> you know, I mean, you know I'm, I'm going to this minority black school yeah. at junior high. I'm like, who the hell is Julius Caesar? I don't know who Julius Caesar is. You know, I'm not reading upon Julius Caesar. Yeah. And say, I want you to do Caesar, Julius Caesar. Friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears. I'm like, okay. Where is it? <laughs> so she gave it to me. I was like, okay. I was reading Friends, Country, uh, Romans, Lemme Your Ears. I come to bury season, not to praise them. I'm like, okay. And she was like, you have to really get into it. And note that Rose Ragland wasn't a performing arts teacher. She was merely a science teacher mm. who was my great, like a mother, like right. an aunt. Everything that you can call it, that's who Rose Ragland was. And she gave me this piece. I'm like, okay, fine. And she said, now you have to get a song. They want you to get a song. And, and this was after David Moore, who was the HSPVA uh, Fine Arts Coordinator right. at the time. He came in and said, this is what you need to do. And he would call me, say, okay, are you getting ready? Are you getting ready? Because he said he needed minorities at, oh, yeah. at HSPVA because it was, back then, it was very few. Yeah. So he said, yes, this is what I want you to do. And she said, this is what you want to do. And she said, oh, you need a song. Uh, Old Man River, that I'm like, what is that? <laughs> you know, me, because I was like, I'm not into this theater thing. And she said, this is what you need, Old Man River. I'm like, and she said, listen to it, listen to it, listen to it, listen to it. She said, you can sing it, because at the time I had a deep voice. I still have a deep voice whenever I change it. And I was like, okay, great. You know, let me go ahead and... Uh, sing this song, learn this song, yeah. and everything like that. Now, my mother, my grandmother, they was totally against me going to HSPVA. <laughs> 
because they wanted me to go to high school for law enforcement because sure. they say, oh, you're a good liar. You can, you can yeah. become a lawyer and you could, you know, really, you know, great at reading and everything like that. Right. I was always great at more reading. More of a future. Probably, more of a future and more too. of a, right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. More of a stable thing. Oh, yeah, a lawyer, lawyer, lawyer. Yeah. That's what we want you to be. I'm like, no. So um, I auditioned with Old Man River and Julius Caesar and to this day, I know all of those things right now because that's yeah. where the start was. And once I got into HSPVA, you know, it was a struggle because it was a culture shock. Yes. Uh, it was a shock meaning that it was different from any other school, whether it be a black school, white school, Hispanic school, whatever school, HSPVA, it was in a world of its own. Mm -hmm. And I was had I had to adjust because everyone that pretty much I, I would say eighty five percent ninety percent of students that were there they had gone to Johnston they had gone to Wilt they gone yep. to Persian these performing arts schools or even Gregory Lincoln and me I'm coming <laughs> from Attucks which was one of the the first person to ever come to HSPVA from Attucks. Right. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm here, <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm here. And it was a struggle uh, the first year, but I began to adjust and I began to really become involved. I wasn't in any shows the first year except the, uh, the showcase. showcase. Yep. Yep. You know about the showcase, yep. right? Yep. Yep. Oh, showcase. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. And the next year I was in, um, oh, I was in the Diviners which was really uh, great, Suzanne Phillips-Craven. She yeah. uh, was the director of that. I'm like, okay, great, wow. And then Bob Singleton, he cast me in The Taming of the Shrew. I'm like, okay, Bob Singleton, always get on me about my voice and diction. And we didn't see eye to eye you know, at right. the time because I'm like, oh, he's against me, he's against me, he's against me. Everything that I do, he can't understand him, understand right. me. At that time, I <coughs> didn't understand but when I look back, I understand yeah. now what he was doing. Sure. And that's why I respect him to the highest right now of what he was doing. Um, and I was Grimio. Uh, Grimio. And I was like, wow, he gave me a role. And, you know, maybe yeah. I became, became uh, all that, that animation. I put all of that into that bag and I thoroughly had fun. Um, that's where I felt that I really could do it. Um, junior year, I was really burnt out. When I say burnt out, I wanted to just throw in a towel and just walk away from HSPA. I'm like, I want to go to a regular school. I want to see this. I want to run track. I want to do this. Because I also was a track star. I ran track. And I'm like, ah, oh, I want to run track now. I want yeah. to run track now. But that wasn't the case. And then my senior recital, senior year, I began to do the senior recital. And the senior recital was controversial. Uh, because I wanted to show a reflection of who I was. When I say it was controversial, there was one thing that, I, it was a play, and I was quoting from the play, I was doing a play, but Suzanne Phillips Cravens felt that it was offensive towards her. And at this moment, that's when I said, theater is theater, this is not me. Yeah. And I told her, you should understand that, right. that theater is theater. It's nothing that I'm saying towards you. It's just something that was in the script that I felt that it was part of my senior recital. Mm -hmm. And it was like a whole big thing because she wanted to fail me yeah. on the senior recital. 
I'm like, no, this is not going to happen. So parents got involved. All the parents got involved. No, no, no. What went wrong? And they thought it was great. They say, and she's, to this day, she apologized. I see the error of my ways. It was just, I just felt it got into my feelings. You know how some people yeah. can get into their feelings now. I've heard the story before from her. So, yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> right. So, you know, uh, so, you know, it was like, no, this is not me. This is, yeah. you know, I'm far from attacking anyone, right. you know, but this is just part of theater. So um, after that, I'm like, okay, well, where do I want to go now? Do I still want to major in theater? Because here, going back to the percentage, 90% right. of the students, 85 to 90, don't go and pursue, yeah, pursue what they, yeah. pursue the art. I'm like, I spent four damn years at HSPBA. Mm -hmm. I struggled, I struggled, I struggled. I'd be damned, yeah. if you will, if I don't major in this. So I auditioned, got accepted to, uh, I think it was College of Santa Fe, got accepted to DePaul, got accepted to NYU, got accepted to uh, uh, a partial scholarship to Yale, and I was excited about that. Yeah. And then I was like, what do I want to do? And Roosevelt, you know, I got accepted to Roosevelt, so I was like, okay, well, what do I want to do? All these schools are really great, 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 but what do I want to do? I didn't have enough money. Mm -hmm. Mother didn't want me to go that far. Grandma didn't want me to go that far. So I auditioned for Prairie View. Note, rewind back, I did a show with Seeley Turner uh, when I was in high school. And I knew of him. I knew he was a fool. I knew he was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I knew he was crazy. When I say that, it's a good way because he just wanted the best for students. Sure. And... I auditioned, I went there, he said, oh, we have Ezekiel Morgan coming to Prairie View. I'm so excited, yes, yes, because it was up the street and everything like that. Well, my college years, I didn't have a life because everything was theater, theater, yeah. theater. Uh, the first year I got there, I was cast as a lead. We did Miss Everett's Boys, and I was Ben Washington. And I'm the youngest there, right. but I'm playing the oldest character. Oldest, yeah. And it was like, it's like Golden okay. Girls. Yeah, like Golden Girls, <laughs> like Estelle Getty playing, yeah. you know, so Phil, right? Yeah. Playing the mom. So I was the Estelle Getty. I was, I, I was, <laughs> I was Sophia, yeah. you know, of uh, the department in this show. We went to ACTF, and I did what I had to do. And Mr. Turner was like, "Oh, I'm going to give um, Peyton Woodson the Irene Ryan nomination and Camille Sneed." Because the, the, the directors could nominate someone sure. from their cast. However, the adjudicator nominated me yeah. Yeah. for Ben Washington. Everyone hated me. <laughs> I'm like, why y'all hate me? I'm just doing what I have to do. And that's performing. Yeah. As an actor, as a performer, I came to work, not play. And that was what I began. And then all the years passed. And... I began to really feel that junior year uh, came, my senior year came, I was like, okay, well, what do I want to do? We did Fences, and we did this show called Emphasis and Zoo Story. I was the assistant director in Fences where I felt my directing niche right, right there. And I was the assistant director. Fences made it to the Kennedy Center. We performed, did great there. However, Emphasis and Zoo Story, I did Emphasis. Now, on contrast, remember my freshman year, I was the oldest character. And now you're the youngest. Now I'm the youngest <laughs> character in a baby carriage talking gibberish, in a baby, a bad baby just talking gibberish. <laughs> so, 
So I got Irene Ryan again. This time I'm like, I want to go to the top. So I auditioned. I, I kept going to rounds, rounds, rounds. We went to regionals, made it to the regional audition. So that was the last final Irene Ryan before we go to nationals in the Kennedy Center. Right. So I had a, a partner named Taryn Metcalf, a phenomenal actress. She, I was like, okay, she's my partner. So I'm like, okay, let's go. The pieces I did, I did uh, Before It Hits Home as my monologue, and I did Pearly Victorious for the scene with Terry Metcalf. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Went through, got on to the Kennedy Center, went to the Kennedy Center, won uh, three out of four awards. Won everything, everything except the Irene Ryan. <laughs> so I was the runner-up for the Irene Ryan, but I won everything else. Right. And uh, this guy named Esau Pickett, I remember his names, <laughs> You know, yeah, you, big yeah. black guy just with a real strong voice. He did Othello and beautiful, yeah, beautiful. And guess what? His partner was uh, Murray Enos, who was a classmate of mine. But it was so wonderful that I captured those three out of four awards because the three out of four awards, the three awards that I got, was more prestigious than the Irene Ryan. Right. So I was the Irene Ryan winner. Right. And I really appreciate that. So from that uh, went on, I graduated, I went to start teaching. Didn't think I was teaching because I was in L.A. Right. becoming an actor. I get a call from some principal from Lamarck High School, Rod Sheffield. <laughs> he uh, left Lamarck High School, um, um, and then they needed a replacement. So someone recommended me. I don't to this day I don't know who recommended right. me to wasn't take, me. So you and I probably, know you I, it wasn't you. Oh, yeah. oh, really? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, who in the hell recommended me? And to the, and I was there in L.A. So uh, Miss uh, Croner Smith called me, who she used to work in a district yep. here in Fort yep. Bend. She called me. She said, Well, I'm not going to take no finance. I need you to come down and uh, interview. I'm like, For what? I need you, I need a theater teacher. You was recommended, so I need you to come down. So I, she say, I need you to come down. I'm saying, I'm in L.A. Well, I need you to come down. So I went down Wednesday, interviewed, and she said, I'm not going to bullshit with you. Yeah. I need a damn theater teacher. <laughs> I say, I never taught theater. I don't want to teach kids. That's not what I want to do. Yeah. Thought about it when I got back to L.A., Hell, I don't want to wait, wait tables either. So that's when I began teaching. So I taught for about uh, seven, eight years. Uh, not at Lamarck, but then taught at Lamarck for a few years. Then I came to Fort Bend back under Christine Cronesmith because she wanted to bring me with her. Then I went back to Lamarck where I stopped. When I say I stopped, my heart was in it for the students, but the administration, if you will, was taking my heart out from right. the students. And before I let that interrupt my relationship with the students, I would walk away. Right. And that's when I walked away. And it was doing TTA. And I believe that was back in 2005. Yeah, 2005. And that's when I began to say, well, let me do this adjudicating thing. Let me try it. Yeah. Because... And I began to do the adjudicating thing, and it was something that got a hold of me that, like, this is my calling. This is my calling. I began to do it. I was already had 
went to went back to school to get my master's master's in counseling leadership and education so I got those and then I'm like okay well this is great now you know I can go teach college yeah. but that never did happen I went in corporate America worked in corporate America you know, doing great things in corporate America, but still adjudicating because I'm like, oh, this is a lot of money. Yeah. You know, making eighty, ninety, ninety-five thousand dollars a year, and I take my vacation days to go yeah. adjudicate. I'm like, this is a life that to live. Yeah. I like this. <laughs> you know, I'm not a starving artist. I'm making money, everything like that. That was great, uh, but time as time passed, I began to get more involved in what I did. So I walked away from corporate America. And begin to just do this full time. Right. Which I haven't looked back. Why should I look back right. by looking back by something that I love, something that I adore, something that I can really interact with not only the students but with the teachers and with the administrators. I can put them all together in a bowl and I can just really create something. I can create a nice bowl of cereal. I can right. say I have Lucky Charms, I have Cheerios, I have Fruit Loops all in one bowl. Everything that all these kids like or these people like, I can have them in one bowl. I can help them yeah. figure out. And then those I can don't want, I can take them out. Yeah. So that's what I feel like I am now. So you have a pretty substantial uh, name in education, at least in the state of Texas. You know, I'm sure you are known other places, but when do you think you broke through and didn't have to worry anymore? Like you knew like, okay, now this is my career. Ooh, you know what? I really can't say when, but I can say just, it, it just happened. Right. It's just happened. And I guess it begins when I, it began when I began to do clinics, when I began to do workshops, when I began to, I would say when I, my first year, successful year of adjudicating six plays, I mean six contests, Contest, yeah. and when I got those reviews back, yeah. that's when I really felt that You're okay. they get me, yeah. I'm okay, they yeah. get me, they understand me. Yeah. And from that point on, and I read the good, I read the bad, and I put them together, and I try to look back when the adjudicators that I had that I thought were bad, that I thought that did things wrong. And I said, well, let me make that right. And I wanted to make sure where we, I include everyone in that. So I feel that that's when I felt that I got this. Were you nervous when you left the study paycheck? I was because when I first left the paycheck, guess what? My car got repossessed. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, my car got repossessed. So I'm like, what in the hell I'm going to do now? But income tax came in, so I got another car, which right. was even better. Right. And I'm like, you know what? From this day on, I will never settle. I will always work hard for yeah. what I want. So that's why... I'm always like, I'm always working, always working, yeah. always working. Because of the, f I'd rather have my freedom in working yeah. instead of being confined with handcuffs right. working somewhere else. Yeah, and the, the I, you know, just speaking from my experience with you, because it's been a while now that I've known you, um, and when I was like, this guy's different than others, when it kind of clicked with me, wasn't about the art, wasn't about the stage, uh, had to do with a story actually based on camp. 
when a student's car broke down, right? Mm -hmm. And you kind of stayed after, you didn't have to, there was no reason for you to stay after other than like support, right? right. Uh, but there wasn't anything in it for you. Right. And you kind of helped out and you just kind of stayed. And, right. you, and you made sure everything was okay. Mm -hmm. And to me, as a, as a camp facilitator, mm -hmm. as the one that was obligated to kind of stay and make sure the kids are okay, it just hit me that I was like, this guy's not needing to be here, mm -hmm. but he is. Mm -hmm. And so he's in this for more than just the accolades of being a good director, being a good actor, being a good arti uh, you know, artist, mm -hmm. or just having a good <clears throat> rapport with the kids. You're here to build relationships just as much as a, a, a nine to five teacher in a classroom is. Right. I would say, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think that goes back to the fact that you were a nine to five teacher you know you were right. a classroom teacher so you know the importance of that whereas as the opposite of mm -hmm. coming straight out of college going straight to directing going exactly. straight to the big leagues quote-unquote <laughs> and then coming education right you don't realize you have to build those relationships so you kind of did it kind of backwards right. in a good way though not backwards in a bad way exactly um but i think that that's made you more successful I mean I really do yeah it's and you know you think about that I'm all I'm always like a piece of a, a people person and yeah. you know despite if I see that someone is going through something for as if you can't stay if I have time I'm going to stay yeah, sure. if I see someone that is in trouble that's me uh, to lend that helping hand because yeah. I don't want them and that's my character that's who I am and that's why when people say Oh, I don't want him as a judge. I don't want him to do all. It's a job that we have to do. Right. And it's not that I dislike you or anything like that. It's a job. Right. And, you know, I don't, I try to like everyone, yeah. you know, meaning uh, at least get along with everyone, have this rapport. So going back to that, if I see someone, if I don't, if it's not my job, I make it my job. Okay, so the, the other thing I wanted to get from you as far as one-act play is concerned um, is the the idea, and I asked Luis Munoz this. I don't exactly remember what he said, but you can you know go back and listen to it. But um, I, I was curious to know if there's a play out there, uh, a production, not a play, not just a or not just a script, but a, a play out there that maybe he saw at district. And you don't have to name names because I don't want these people to think that. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> But a play out there, and I think he called one out, actually, that, that he saw a district or zone or somewhere early on that he knew could be is a state-worthy show, right? Mm -hmm. This show is going places, but because they were in such a competitive environment, for instance, Fort Bend or Katy, uh, or if you go up north in Dallas, you know, you've got the North Dallas areas that are just really competitive. Right. Um, is there a show that maybe you saw that you adjudicated? And again, you don't have to name directors or name. You can maybe say the name of the show. It'll mm -hmm. be hard to figure that out. But uh, that you thought this is a state-worthy show, but it just it didn't make it. It didn't it didn't move on because there were other shows that kind of beat it out. Just in that one day, that one day they they were not able to do it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Oh wow, I'm not gonna name the director, yeah. but once I named the show, they would know who I'm talking sure. about. Uh, it was a show, and I think to this day was his greatest show. And I believe this is where he got that hook. Mm -hmm. Because after that year, it was only success, success after that. Yeah. After that. Yeah. The show was Lydia. 
And Lydia was so, and I did not judge it at a zone or a district or anything like that. No, I did not. But I was a clinician. Okay. And in that clinic, I sat in that show. And I'm like, this show is a state-worthy show right now. Right. From the beginning, from the acting, from the technical aspects, it was a complete package. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, what in the hell did I just see yeah. in this clinic? Yeah. But it didn't make it out of, I think, was it district or area? I can't think of the one because. Did you tell them that? Did you, I mean, or did you? I tell them it to this day. Okay. That that was the But I mean, show. did you tell the kids that in, in their feedback, in their in their critique? Like, did you say this is ready for state or did you not want to go there? Because, no, I don't go there yeah. because here again, I don't want them to be complacent. Yeah. Okay. Placent. Yeah. And because if I tell them that, that means that. They're done. They're done. Yeah. Their heads are big, that they are that. And that's why even when I'm directing, I can think, I, I know it's good. Yeah. But you were not know that I know it's good yeah. because I still want excellent. Good is not good enough. Right. I need excellent. I need excellent. So therefore, okay, yeah, it's state yeah. worthy, but there's still growth. I want you to continue to work on that success right. because if you don't continue to work on that success, what happens is you are caught in the middle and now there's nowhere to go. You think that you have it all. It's yeah. like you think that you have the Oscar because you're the greatest, right. but easily somebody can come up and take that Oscar away from you. Right. So I didn't tell him that, but I told him, I'm like, you have some good things going on. Right. However, there's still work to be done. Yeah. Do, do you believe in show fatigue for an, for an adjudicator? Meaning like if you, I know of this past year of a district that had nine shows in one day, mm -hmm. uh, and they are now splitting into zones, but um, there's this idea that if you are seven or eight, your adjudicator is just going to be like, "Let's just get through this. Let's just get through this." Uh, and and that's not necessarily fair, right? And right, we all know that, not, but we're right. also human, right? Um, so is there like, for instance, what what does a Mark Piquel or what does you know TTAO tell you as as a trained adjudicator? This is how you're literally going to stay in it well i engaged. stay in it because here again the people that i am adjudicating deserve right. my attention from show one to show nine it is a job that i have to do and i create and i uh, uh take care of it as such a job so therefore it's an eight nine ten hour twelve job so this is what i have to do I have to make sure that I am attentive. If I have to get monsters, if I have to get uh, yeah. energy drinks, whatever I have to do. Just do a lap to, in between right, shows. Right, do a lap yeah. in between shows. <laughs> tell them, hey, can we take a break right here, yeah. a mental break or whatever. Whatever I have to do, I make it work. Right. Because however, do I agree with a nine-show contest? Yeah. No, I don't. Right. I prefer zones because it gives the kids more opportunities to be recognized right. in awards. Of course, Zone, you may not get the credit, you know, for um, the numbers to win state right. or anything for like your, that. Yeah, However, but that's not the point. Right. You're looking at the kids that more opportunities because you never know. That kid that did not make it out of 
zone got the best actor. Right. They got an all-star cast. They got an honorable mention. Whatever it may be, they got an award. Yeah. And it shows that respect. Oh, I did get this in zone. However, I didn't move on. Yeah. It's all about making sure that we create the kids as all winners, right. you know, and not losers. But when you have a long nine-day contest, you're limiting with awards. You only have eight honorable mentions, eight all-star casts, but you have nine shows. How yeah. are you going to split that up? You know, it's really difficult for us. So we want to make sure that if we have those things far as <clears throat> splitting the things up, we want to make sure that each student is recognized. And when you have a contest that big, that massive, it's hard to do that. It's hard to do that. Yeah. So that's why I encourage everyone, if you are at a school that you have at, at least eight schools, go ahead and zone. Yeah. Of course, at the end of the day, one school will be left out, but that's the way it is. Just look at it like this. That one school school is the alternate. Yeah, <laughs> you know? sure. And that's a great thing, you know? But then you move on because it's giving all the kids another chance to perform. Is, is there a script that you have adjudicated or even uh, um, been a clinician for that you went home and explored deeper? Because uh, I know as a clinician, you don't necessarily read the scripts ahead of time. You know, it's just right, exactly. too many clinics. But as an adjudicator, you do. But you kind of you do go quickly. You know, you don't spend right. the time you would spend direct as a director. Is there a script that you've kind of gone back and said, I, I want to check this one out a little further? Well, yeah, if I, uh, I, I remember a script um, because I didn't understand what in the hell it was about. <laughs> uh, that was uh, When the Rain Falls. When okay. the Rain Falls. I believe uh, it was Stuart Savage's When the Rain Falls. Okay. I can call his name. Oh, it was, he's, uh, he's on a, this podcast when, all when, the time. When the Rain Falls. So <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, Stuart Stu Savage. sponsored by Stuart Savage. <laughs> hey, Stuart Savage. All right, Stuart. Yeah, it was your show, Stuart Savage. And I'm like, what in the hell did I just see with this rain start falling? Yeah. A fish falling from the damn sky. What is this? Yeah. But once I went home, I'm like, I told him, I'm like, I can't, I, I don't understand it. But going back and reading it, I was more confused with reading it. So I'm like, I have to see it again. Yeah. And the performance and the script began to make sense together. Right. So that was one of the scripts. And there's other scripts that I take back and I don't research really deep, 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 deep. Because if I research deep, 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 I think I'm looking at it as a director's right. mind in my sense. Yeah. So I don't want to look at it as a director's mind in my sense. I want to look at it as what will this director do with it right. as an open uh, a sense of right. mind. So if I just say, okay, well, I want to lock it in and say, this is what I want to do with it, that means I'm already foreshadowing something that I would like, sure. and if they if I don't see it, I would dislike. So I don't put myself in that position to go ahead and say, let me dislike it before I even see it, right. reading it. So we got to wrap up soon because you speaking of jobs, you have a job to do. I second. know, right? <laughs> <laughs> speaking uh, of jobs, yes. I uh, but, I, you know, I like to uh, typically just end with the idea of, like, what kind of motivational parting words would you give to uh, – somebody that's kind of struggling with the idea of entering either the world of education 
or the professional world, and they're they're trying to think if I'm not professional, I'm not legitimate, but also I'm too I'm nervous that I won't make it day to day. That kind of idea. I will say that if you have any doubts that you feel that it will not work, and if it's not for you, because education is not for everybody. Working with kids is not for everybody. Uh, working with, um, it depends on what level, elementary, middle school. Me, I am not the elementary, middle school type of person. Workshops, yes, yes, yes. But just in the classroom with them, that is not me. High school to college, that's me. Uh, But I always say theater is a sacred place that we're told. Housed in a school It's a place for expression, a place for open minds. I like that portion with open minds because if you don't go into the theater with an open mind, therefore you have already put a block in your your destiny. So you have to have an open mind. You have to have, it has to be what it's for. You can't do it for the paycheck. You can't think about, oh, I'm going to do it for a paycheck because as theater teachers or as teachers, period, I would say theater teachers or fine arts teachers, we work well beyond the hours that we should. Sometimes we have to use our money to get what we want to make it work. You can't think of, because there were many times that me going into this education thing, I use half my paycheck to go to clinics. Mm -hmm. I use that because the school did not offer any money. But yet, who is it for at the end of the day? Are you doing it for yourself? Are you trying to better the minds of the kids? The kids. Mm -hmm. The kids. And then once you see the successful level of the kids, you see the successful level of yourself. You can't think of yourself. You can't be selfish about it. It's more like a community. Theater is a community. So if you are getting into this, make sure it's something that you're doing from the heart. And I always say, if you look at theater, all those letters in theater can spell one word. That's heart. Mm -hmm. If you don't have that heart in it, you need to go do something else. Everybody's not a teacher. Everybody's not a motivator. Everybody can't work with kids. But if you think that you can, if you know that you have the love for it, you have to dip into it and don't cheat the kids. Don't cheat yourself because now they really need you. And the greatest expression, I always say, I could be out there acting. I consider myself as a great actor, I I, I assume, you know, (laughs) or a director. I can be out there. But the love that I'm doing now, someone asks me, well, what do you do? I'm like, I'm not making as much money as I could be making even if I was back in the classroom or, uh, or uh, you know, in corporate America. But it's not about the money. Mm-hmm. It's all about what I like to do. And what I like to do right now is this right here, being at this summer camp, working with the kids for this week, letting them know, hey, ma'am, motivating them, getting them excited about kids that probably don't have a zero in, uh, 
uh, inch of talent, but yet I'm making them feel like they do. Right. And that's what it's all about. Same thing with teaching. When you go in there, hey, you have to make it, make them work because it's not about you. I like to um, close when I like to see where all of my students come back and I tell them, don't say anything about, because I'm very shy. I'm a shy person. Quiet as it kept, I, I am really shy because they say, oh, Mr. Martin, no, 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 don't do that. Don't call my name out. I don't like all of that because it's all about you. I want to see you. My greatest reward will come from a student that said, I would like to thank Ezekiel Morgan for coaching me, for helping me out. Shout out to you because that is my Oscar. Mm -hmm. That is my Tony. That is my Grammy. That is my Emmy because you have shouted out to me. I didn't receive it, but I received it through you. Mm -hmm. And receiving it through you is the greatest uh, reward, award that I can receive as a person. So it's all about the kids. You have to make sure that you be patient, be fair, be fun, be flexible, and most of all, be caring. Minor wisdom.